VoiceOver Coffee Shop, Episode 17. Welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop, where we share our morning with some of the finest names in VoiceOver. And now, here's your host, voice actor Andrew Morrison. Hi there, my name is Andrew Morrison, and welcome to the VoiceOver Coffee Shop where we start our day with some of the finest names in voiceover. If you'd like to know more about me, feel free to visit my personal website at www.voicebard.com. In this episode, we have coffee with my dear friend, John Patnode. John is a voice acting champion, video editor, and motion graphics designer who has lent his voice to projects such as Havoc Fox, Synthetic Lover, and Forward the Anime, to name just a few. In this episode, we talk about developing your internal imagination, the emotions behind your words, and creating an amazing audition. How are you, John? I'm good. Voiceover champion? I wouldn't. <laughs> that's a bit. That's a bit of a grandiose title, don't you think? <laughs> so, how do you take your coffee, John? Uh, I I take it black every single time. Gotcha. So yeah. how how did you get intermingled into the voiceover industry? Oh, man. Uh, well, so uh, before getting into voiceover, I was, I wanted to be an actor, just, just straight and plain. I wanted to be a, specifically, specifically a theater actor. Mm -hmm. I, the acting bug bit me when I was in high school. I did theater from freshman year to senior year, and I... And then senior year, when I was looking at colleges, I auditioned for one for one theater school because I think that was the my parents didn't want me to like go to school out of state. I'm in Florida right now, mm -hmm. and they didn't want me to go out of state, so I auditioned and was accepted into this. It's not it it, it it's not like a real college. It was like a two year conservatory that was umbrellaed under a community college called Florida School of the Arts. Okay. And I, you know, I auditioned. I did, you're supposed to do a dramatic monologue and a comedic monologue. And I auditioned and I got in. And I was like, oh man, like, I, I felt like really good about myself. And like, I was telling my other, the other kids in like the drama club. And I'm like, oh guys, I got in. And they're like, yeah, they accept practically everyone who auditions. And I'm just like, oh, cool. Great. <laughs> All right. So, because, like, I was, like, writing that high of, like, yeah, I'm good enough. And they were, like, no, they just accept anyone who, like, speaks in front of them. And I'm just, like, why you got to do that? Well, that's um, not so bad. I mean, I, I can see that as kind of, like, a gateway initiative to where they're, yeah. like, hey, if you're willing to put the effort into putting in an audition, then we're that's willing true. to kind of look at that. And, and here's what we have to work with so we can kind of mold that. That's true. Going back, I, so I was accepted, but, um, my, uh. My parents, my parents, you know, sort of sat me down and convinced me, hey, we're not sure about this. Like, we want you to have, like, an actual education that will guarantee you a job after school. So <laughs> I ended up, so we ended up compromising, and instead I, I ended up going to a very overly priced art school <laughs> called, uh, I go to Ringling College of Art and Design. It's, okay. uh, yeah. You you might be familiar with, because uh, you're in Georgia, right? Are you familiar yeah. with the uh, Savannah College of Art and Design? Yeah, Scott. Yeah, yeah that's her rival. Although... Okay. Yeah. Although... So, okay. 
I, I'm a motion design major and I love my faculty. My faculty are amazing and the, the things that they've been doing have been have been really good. Mm -hmm. However, the higher ups at, at Ringling, I uh, like they run it more like a business than a school and they don't really they've they've sort of been netting some kind of bad HR over the past um, few years and that uh, stuff that I don't want to get into. Because right. That's right, not right. what this is about. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, I'm a freshman at Ringling, and I'm super sad because I've stopped acting. And it was um, winter break of my freshman year that I discovered the online voice acting community um, and discovered, you know, that a lot of people were doing their own animated projects, their own audio dramas, and, you know, making their own ind independent video games and hiring voice talent from, like, everywhere. Like, you didn't need to... Because before... I was in I was interested in voiceover and I was aware of like who voice actors were like as early as you know middle school but I thought but any interview I saw with Tom Kenny or Tara Strong mm -hmm. those those are they're like well very well known for voiceover but it was something they tried they, they went to Hollywood to pursue being you know an on-camera actor and voiceover was something they fell into Right. So I thought, oh, that's like the one and only path to become a voice artist. You do like film and stage acting, and then you just sort of, you know, fall into voiceover. I thought that was the only way to do it. But it was, you know, through the online voice acting community that I realized, oh, this is something that I can do for my own house. I don't have to, you know, sacrifice so much of my time doing eight-hour rehearsals every, every night right. for a musical, um, which that was fun. Don't get me wrong, but, you know. Part of me doesn't, you know, miss those days. Uh, and it was something that I could start doing for my own house. So I invested in a, in a microphone and I started audition, auditioning almost like three, three years ago to the day. And um, it was, I, I had a sort of silent arrogance about me because I thought, oh, because I've done theater, um, that means like I'll start booking right away. Right. I didn't book anything for eight months. Jesus. took me eight months to to book like a single thing it, it was partly because like i didn't like i wasn't like auditioning every single day i was auditioning semi-regularly because i was you know still in college and stuff and mm -hmm. had to deal with that but also i didn't make the um i i was not an actor i i learned that like i was not a very self-reliant actor yet i was i wasn't bad but i was only good when i had someone else to react off of and I needed to develop like my own internal imagination to really make whatever scenario or situation I'm in real to me and make the reactions that I make, you know, uh, serve the scene. And that came with practice, that came with classes, and that came with, you know, getting feedback from, from friends in this community. And it took me, it took me a while to actually, you know, reach out and connect with people because I, I am a super, I, it, I don't know if if, the, if you were able to tell, but, like, I'm a super shy person. And that's <laughs> right. why, you know, cold networking and just, you know, um, going out of my way to say hi to people is so hard for me. It's gotten, it's gotten easier, and I've made progress, but, you know, it took me, it took me eight months to make, to, like, make one friend <laughs> in this community. But, um, yeah, it, like, last year, I think, was, um, even though it was kind of a shitty year for everyone, given the pandemic it was probably the most successful year i've had as a voiceover artist um that was when i was booking a lot more uh 
principal and lead roles in video games. I got into a few animations and I, you know, I, I was actually, it's funny. I was in a position that I didn't think I would be in when I started doing this, which, um, you know, upon reflecting on it, it's, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's true what they say, albeit how simple it is. If, if you just keep moving forward and just keep, you know, fighting through the, you know, the, the, the mediocrity that, that you're doing versus like the image that you have in your head, you'll eventually like what you put out to the world will match like the, the quality that's in your head. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm still going, um, I'm a senior in college right now, so this has been like almost like a four year journey for me. Um, and, uh, I haven't had as much time to do it now because I'm in like, I'm knee deep in thesis right now okay yeah right. um and in fact and also i'm like i'm not even like at my house right now i'm it, the place where i'm recording to you from and the reason why i can't like use a webcam i'm in like a two foot by five foot sliding door closet that i've acoustically treated so i can sometimes <laughs> audition for stuff um it sounds good surprisingly but i can't stand up i have to sit down on a stool and my back hurts every single time i do this but it's fine uh I just have to endure this for like three more months until I graduate and then I can, you know, go hog wild with, with other stuff. So in between when you weren't booking stuff and you, you started to book, um, you, you said you mentioned that, um, where you started to kind of use your imagination as your scene partner. Um, what were some of the, the tools that you utilized to develop that? Um, well, for me, it was a lot of, um, I, I really developed, I, I had to be honest with myself and realize that, um, I didn't really have a technique going into voiceover or into acting period. I just sort of, it was just some, something I sort of did. And it, the, I say the, the one thing that I picked up really well from doing high school theater was I took for direction really well. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I need to, I needed to learn how to self-direct myself. Um, or that's kind of an oxymoron. I needed to, I needed to learn how to direct myself, um, you know, because m most of voiceover, uh, unless, you know, you get a chance to, uh, do a Western cartoon, um, and have all your voice talent in the same room reacting off of each other, um, 90% of it is auditioning and you having to be confident in the choices you make. And, um... Some tools that really helped me were, um, um, so, like some books that I, that I bought, uh, off the top of my head, I think, okay, so the, so the main book that I got was, um, An Actor's Handbook by Seth Barish. It's more meant for stage and film actors, but there's a lot of great, um, just like small, like, they're not even, it's not like, like a huge grandiose, like acting technique book. It's, it's fun. It, it's filled with like a, a a bunch of small little tidbits that like can really help shape your acting. And then there was, um, I bought this as an audio book notes to an actor by Ron Morosco. That's another good book. Um, okay. I'd say the main thing though, was Crispin Freeman's podcast. Crispin yeah. Freeman, Crispin Freeman was the first voice actor I became a fan of. And he was the first person like when I wasn't, I remember when I, when I was working like, in the computer labs at college when I couldn't do voiceover because I just, I didn't have time or I didn't have the environment, I would listen to Crispin's podcast. And that's what, what I, that's where I learned about, you know, how to make a good demo, 
um, you know, the differences between a condenser mic and a dynamic mic mm-hmm. and all, all these little things that I just, you know, absorbed like a sponge. And, um, and also he, t- he talked about technique and how, you know, imperative it is to be able to, you know, um, like to be able to direct yourself in an audition because that's the position you're going to be in. It's like, you're not going to have especially today you're not going to have the luxury of you know having a director there with you to give you more context to the scene you're you know you have to you're a detective um or i think the the uh the analogy that crispin uses is like you're you're an art you're you're a paleontologist and you've found like one tiny dinosaur bone and you have to construct the entire skeleton just from this tiny dinosaur bone and the thing is as a paleontologist You've seen a lot of completed dinosaur bones. So you use that frame of reference to, you know, help, um, to help you in, in your performance. And I just, I have a Rolodex of things that I've seen, whether it's like characters that I've already watched or people that I observed. And I'm just like, okay, if, if that person were here, how would they react in this situation? Um, and I think it's really important. And this is something that I had to really train myself out of. Um, and I think it's something that like every actor goes through. It's not about how you say the words. It's really about the, the emotions behind them. And even more so it's about like the emotional response you are trying to convey from the other person you are talking to. And in an audition there, the other person's lines might not be there. So you have to make it up. You have to make up, you know, the other person or the, Mm -hmm. or the situation that just transpired before the line was said. And that's what I like. It's and and, and like sometimes I get lazy. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, let me just say this in like the most anime way po- possible because that's what this character is. And I, but I've been conditioning myself to to really, you know, focus on on developing a solid technique and focusing on 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 being good. And a lot of that is, is you know down down to practice and and making sure that you know you know what you're saying and why you're saying it. And right, yeah, I think I it, it's one once like once you once you realize that it sounds simple, but it's it's a really difficult thing to put into practice and and to you know because it's tricky because acting isn't one of those things, it's not like you know, bodybuilding where like oh, if I want to you know get muscles and, and stuff, I just go to the gym every day and, and lift weights, it's like acting you have to approach it from a similar way but technically it's like okay what do you do do i just you know um because sometimes people don't have like the environment to to practice acting they don't have the money to go to acting classes Mm -hmm. and for me it was imperative to listen to those podcasts and when i could um another thing that really helped me was practicing sight reading just Mm -hmm. taking out anything whether it was a cereal box or the back of a video game case and just reading it out loud and trying to, you know, first of all, pronounce the words correctly. That number right. one. Um, right. But also, like, uh, developing a story behind it. Like, pretending that, okay, I'm in this situation and I have to, and I have to say this to someone because of this reason. Um, and just, you know, playing those games in, in my head. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I, I still, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still working through uh, the, the kinks of my acting. And I'm still always trying to improve, but, um, yeah, that's, I, I think 
it was through voiceover that I think I became a much better actor. And if I were to return to 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 stage or something, I think that would that that would um that would come to fruition. And like I think uh you know people could see that if if I were to do stage acting again, which I don't I don't know if I'll ever do, but I want to though. <laughs> so what what kind of bold decision decisions do you make in developing characters? What what's your what's your method? Uh, that's, that's a good question. Um, it's a good question. I think um, <clears throat> sometimes it it it, it all fall, falls down to um, how I would react in the if I were this character. How how would John react? And like the similarities between me and this character, and the differences between me and this character. And so, if a character is already similar to me, then there isn't really a lot of work to be done. I just react the same way I would react. But if a character is really different than me, then I, you know, amp up the things that um, are are different in me versus this character to to better portray them. Like, mm -hmm. if if I'm playing a character that's um you know more more dark and brooding and and kind of you know very deadpan and kind kind of <laughs> snarky, um. There are aspects of that in my own personality, but they just, they don't show 24-7. So right. I, I recognize those similarities and I just, you know, make sure they're to to the full, to full fruition. Um, and, uh, well, well, often too, and this is really helpful, they have like a picture mm -hmm. or some characters will have like a description of like what they want the voice to sound like. And so... Sometimes I'll just, you know, try and do my best to give off the sound of, like, what they want. And sometimes if I think I have a better idea of what I want a character to sound like, then I'll do that. There was, there, there was an audition that I did where, um, like, the, sometimes they'll give off character references for, mm -hmm. for vocal type, and that's really, um, <clears throat> that's really helpful. And the, basically they were, you know, like, um, the character references that they had were people like April Ludgate, you know, Captain Holt, and Dar like basically like these very deadpan, hilarious characters. But when I was reading the lines and I was like messing around with the voice, I'm just like, what if I did like a John Mulaney impression for this character? <laughs> so, so in, in that regard, I give them two takes. I give them a take of what they want and then a take of what I want them to hear. And, um, you know, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But, um, yeah, it sometimes. Sometimes you think of like a funny choice that you're just like, I think this could work. And then you just got to you, you got to convince yourself like, no, this is like what I want to do and like fully commit to it. You can't just be like, you know, la di da about it or else, you know, it's not going to seem authentic and it's not going to seem like, you know, you're you're confident about it. You know, be confident about your choices, whether they're right or wrong, because, you know, even right. if like you're making the wrong choice, you're making the right choice for that situation that you put yourself in as the character so in getting auditions do you have um wh what are you doing marketing wise how are you kind of building the amount of auditions that you get in or the amount of auditions accessible to you hmm that's a great que question because i'm i'm still not a great marketer as, as of right now um that, that's partly due to the fact that i just i don't have i don't have time right now especially because i'm still I'm still in school. I'm still mm -hmm. trying to, you know, balance that with video. Um, I look, the main places I look are on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, f I follow a lot of people who retweet and post casting calls on Twitter. I'm friends with, 
I've I've become friends with a lot of casting directors, and sometimes they'll email me auditions. Um, like it'll it'll get to a point where I'm just like, oh, I didn't even realize that I was like on this roster. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and and that's where you know, and that's where it helps to just you know be friends with people. Don't think of it as networking. Just be friends with people and develop like a relationship with them. And you know. If they like you and they think that you're right for something, they'll send something your way. And that's how I, I got a few characters. Um, and uh, let me think. So um, Voice Acting Club, that's another uh, big place where I, I look for auditions, mostly on their Discord. I don't go on CCC uh, Casting Call Club that often anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to, though. That, like, when I was first starting out, like, I would audition there every single day. Like, that was, like, right. the the one place I had access to where I could, you know, look at new auditions. Um, and then, uh, I haven't been auditioning there lately, but I did join voices.com to get, um, like commercial and e-learning experience. Mm -hmm. And that was faring well, but now I just, you know, I, 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 with the position that I'm in right now, I can't, I, I can't afford to do like a 24 hour or 48 hour turnaround. Um, because there, there, there are like too many factors in play. Like I have assignments to do. And then also I have roommates that I live with that I don't want to, that, you know, can affect the, they're, they're loud. I was trying to be nice about <laughs> it, but they're loud. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I, I still, I'm still, that's, that's, you know, the, I've mostly been focusing on how to better myself as an actor and I've let, you know, um, bettering myself as a as a business as someone who does direct market fall by the wayside um, and it's definitely something that you know I, I can improve upon and, and should improve upon but um, I one, one thing that like I I just you know what the the main mantra that I want to live by is you know be so this is a Steve Martin quote be so good that they can't ignore you um, and that's not me being like, oh, I'm so good. They have to hire me. No, that's me being like, I want to be good. And I want to be good enough to that so that people can recognize that and be like, hey, maybe, maybe I could use them for, for this project. And I, I feel like, you know, it's more important for me to focus, for, for me at least, it's more important for me to focus on being the best actor I can be than for me to be the most networked actor I can be. With Ringling, um, you you work a lot in uh, graphic design, correct? Uh, motion design specifically, which is graphic design that mixed with animation. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, how did you get it into um, starting your your um, your demo reel card business? Oh, uh, well, I needed money, so because <laughs> they're just... really good. Uh, yeah, thank well, it, that was, you know, I was just like, okay, how can I use, like, my degree to, you know, help me not only, you know, uh, interact and network with people in the community, but also, you know, um, provide a service for people. And that's when I was just like, oh, I could, you know, make this. And, like, they didn't really have, like, a name. Mm -hmm. Like, so I sort of dubbed the name. I don't know if anyone, like, used it. Someone probably used this name before, but I just was just like, hey. I make demo cards if, if anyone wants them. Uh, and it, it was just, it was meant as like, because I don't make them, I perf purposefully don't make them super um, expensive because you don't, it's one of those things where um, because of like how popular they've gotten, mm -hmm. 
it, it's gotten to a point where, you know, uh, Amanda Hufford, who's like a, a notable, you know, mm -hmm. demo reel director in the community, like had to make a tweet being like, okay, listen, to the people asking if like demo cards is like part of like my my demo package it's not they're not like a requirement and and they're not it's like <laughs> it's like you know it's like a little cherry on top to to you know put on your twitter profile or or any any profile that supports video and i just i think i started i i made one for myself um when i got my first demo made and i got I got a lot of, you know, positive feedback. I got more positive feedback on the demo card itself than my demo. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Um, but then I thought, hey, you know, I could help other people out in the in the community. And that's when I, you know, opened up commissions. And uh, so far, it's been serving me well. Well, personally, that's actually what lured me to listen to your demo. Because it was very eye-catching. And I've noticed a lot of demos that have it. I'm like, oh this looks really neat and really well designed i'm curious what's behind it so what you're doing is working do you have a website that you accept commissions or uh yeah it's uh hold on it's let me link it to you it's kind of it's i made it on card and i it's with the free domain so it's 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 a very it's jpatcommissions.card.co it's a very long name okay i will link it in the bio yeah. Uh, here, let me. Uh, I'm just gonna DM it to you on Twitter. Hold on. Okay. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, I do uh, mostly demo card uh, commissions, but um, I also do you know voiceover commissions if anyone you know wants any. Um, I, I do video <laughs> editing and I do you know actual motion design, which that that gets expensive because that takes a lot of work depending on what you want. Right. Yeah. So you said you didn't imagine being where you are eight months ago. Where do you picture yourself moving forward? What what are what what's at the center of your dartboard that you're kind of aiming at? Well, um, my so in terms of short term goals, I want to, um, and, and this is more you know um, based off of you know my major and and motion design as a whole, but I'm trying to find work. I just I want to become financially stable first. Um, and my goal is to find a motion design job in either New York or LA, preferably LA, cause that's where the bulk of the type of work that I want to do is located okay. and try and transition from, from that career into a voiceover career. Um, and that's, and I don't know how long that's going to take. It might take, you know, one year, it might take five years. It might, who knows? It, it might not, it might not happen, but you know, at least I can say that I tried. Um, nice. yeah. So, so yeah, just, uh, to, to give you the, the spark notes version, just, you know, move to LA or New York, um, become financially, you know, independent and then try and transition into a acting career. Okay. So on the flip side of that, if you were to write a letter to yourself before you had started in voiceover work, what would that letter say? Oh, uh, huh, that's a good, <laughs> that's an interesting question. Um, hmm. Oh, man, I want to, I want to sound super profound and, and like, smart <laughs> in this le letter to my past self. Um, hey, man, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> listen, um, so the, the thing that you're about to embark on, um, It'll be one of the most, um, you know, important, um, 
you know, anxiety inducing, but also, you know, fulfilling experiences that you will ever go on. You'll meet so many friends that you will, you know, keep for a lifetime and um, have so many positive experiences that, you know, you weren't, that you didn't have access to before. Um, and even, even when you wanted to give up and you felt like that what you were doing was, was pointless, you never gave up. You were too stubborn to give up. And I'm, I'm still too stubborn to give up now. And it's three years later. So anyway, go do your homework. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, John. I really appreciate you coming on here today. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was, this was super fun. Thanks. I really hope you enjoyed listening to John talk about his experiences balancing life as a voice actor and a college student, as well as the amazing mindset he holds on to to keep pursuing his career as an amazing voiceover artist. If you'd like to know more about him, you can visit his website at jpatactor.com. That's J-P-A-T-A-C-T-O-R.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The VoiceOver Coffee Shop. For more information on guests, new episodes, and more, be sure to visit www.vocoffeeshop.com.